0: You are listening to The Dreadcast, episode 92, A special guest Bob Dunn, a.k.a. Bob WP. This episode of The Dreadcast is brought to you by Pagely, the original WordPress managed host. If you're looking for rock-solid WordPress hosting, look no further than Pagely.com today.
1: Get ready for the DRADcast.
2: Your favorite nerds.
1: Brad Williams and Dre Armada bring you high-octane conversations with new guests every week. Covering the latest news, insight on recent events, and interviews with tech titans. Pour yourself a quality cocktail. What kind of software? DRAD. Sit back and chill. Because the DRADcast starts now. Well, that's right, it's the
0: Dreadcast. Dre, I, I think I'm really getting this radio voice down. What do you think? <laughs> you,
3: you, you sound like Shaggy from Scooby. I, what the hell just happened? I,
0: like, I'm catching myself on the intro like, man, I sound like all of those people I, I really don't like on the radio all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't know you know where that's
3: coming oh, from. Oh, man, that was great. Well, hey, here we are with a uh, new episode, 092. Man, we've been helping uh, businesses find their voice since 2013. It's time to up your game, baby. What's going on with you? up it man i tell you it's it,
0: this is a weird time of year where it's like winter is kind of still hanging out a little bit and it's just gloomy and rainy and still a little bit cold and you're just kind of like tired of it you know what i mean it's just like i don't know it's just it's just, it's really depressing time of
3: year i think So I changed changed my whole outlook on that when I moved back from the Chicagoland area to Southern California, where I'm originally from, back in 2009. (laughs) I mean, right now, again, like a couple episodes ago, it was really cold, so I had to put some socks under my flip-flops. I just can't be hanging out in the cold weather, brother. Just for perspective, cold for Dre is about, what, mid-60s we're talking? I mean... Well, that's that's definitely chilly. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, to be fair, I spent a lot of time up uh, at the cabin, Lake Arrowhead, San Bernardino Mountains. And uh, typically in the winter, it's down in the high 20s. Uh, low 30s and in the evenings in the teens. So okay. it, it does get pretty cold up that's there. That's
0: cold if you're up on a mountain. I'll, I'll give you that. But <laughs>
3: if you're not on the mountain, you're not getting, you know, 60 degree weather, that's not cold. I, I've been rolling around in my Jeep the last week with the top off. So that'll give you a good indicator how it's been in Southern California, uh, just oh, yeah. northeast of San Diego. I'm jealous. I'm ready for it to come back. But we're
0: getting there. It's soon. Uh, it's, you know, we're working away. It'll be March here before we know it. So. Another week, another Dreadcast. I'm excited to be back. And we have a really awesome guest, uh second time hosting this show. So very excited to uh, welcome him back. Uh, he is Bob Dunn. Bob, welcome back to the Dreadcast.
2: Hey, I'm glad to be here again. Yeah, Actually, re- I think it's the third time, believe it or not. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at me. Yeah, know you know, one you know, of those
0: lost episodes, I think.
3: Was the lost episodes of the Dreads. <laughs> <Yes>. I believe <laughs> well, it. That's pretty awesome, if that's the case. You were definitely on uh, episode uh, 59, and that was that was the end of 20, um, 2014, I believe.
2: Yeah, I think there might have been one last year. We were talking about that, and I think I vaguely remember hmm. another one, and I'm not sure when it was, so I'd have to...
0: We're going to have to dig through <laughs> the Draftcast archives. i got to <laughs> be honest, Like when we rebuilt the site and kind of revamped the show for season three... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to go back through each episode and like pull down uh, the MP3s and push them up to a new service. Um, and I had forgotten a lot of people that we had on the show, which is terrible to say, but we've been doing this for what well, we're in our third year now. Um, third or fourth so, year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's well, yeah, i you not WP late night, you know, kind of the precursor. I mean, so it's it is amazing like how quickly and easily it is to forget some of the shows that we've had. But I mean, it's just it was pretty staggering going back through those archives. Um, you were on episode fifty nine, which uh, doesn't sound like it was that long ago, but it was. It was about a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, when we yeah. had you on. So pretty awesome stuff. So Bob, you've uh, a lot has changed since we've well had you on the show and talked. We've we've certainly seen each other since then. Uh, most recently, at WordCamp US, which was great to catch up. But why don't you fill us in, fill the listeners in. What is what is going on? What's new over in Bob land? What do you got going?
2: Oh, man, I'm constantly changing, as you know. I um, I dropped a lot of stuff. I, I was doing workshops for quite a long time, and I just kind of – that ended for a few different reasons. I actually, um, a couple of months ago, stopped doing one-on-one training and coaching, which was kind of a huge step for me. Uh, since i've been doing it like five six years mm-hmm. and it, it it just kind of became a it, it i don't know it just evolved into something that wasn't there there's a little bit of gray area between when somebody wants training and they really need support
0: so they, so
2: they don't really know how to fix my site. Yeah. <laughs> yeah can you can you go in and fix this and then show me how you did it type thing it's like no so so anyway so i had to kind of revisit all that but what I what we recently did is end of January, we launched a new membership site, Online Courses. Um, it's not all WordPress tech. My wife, Judy, the um, copywriter, content expert and all that stuff, She's we're actually making a mix of content, learning how to actually write content and just not the tech end of things. So it's kind of a unique blend where a lot of the online wordpress training is just that, you know, learn how to do this plugin and stuff, learn how to do this. Nobody really focuses on the content. So, so we're doing that and really putting a lot of energy into that and believe it or not, I'm going to start my new podcast next Wednesday.
3: Oh, podcast. It's called,
2: nice. it's called Do the Woo. It's going to be for WooCommerce shop owners.
3: Is that a? Is that a? Has has that been released anywhere? Or is this this a? Is a yeah, actually, it is. I, I put up a landing page,
2: do the dot for people can sign up. And I'm going to do my first one Wednesday. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be a mix of stuff. I'm just playing around with that. I had the other one. My WordPress one for about a little over a year, and that just kind of became boring. It was like, okay, talk about another plugin and stuff. So I want to, I want to get interviews with shop owners. I want to focus not so much on the tech, but how. How people can use it creatively and.
3: Well, I'm going to go ahead and lie and tell the world here on Dragcast that this is a Dragcast first. <laughs> you need to head over to DoTheWooPodcast dot com immediately and sign up now so that you can get info on the upcoming episodes of Do The Woo. So let me, let me get that sound bite in there, Brad. Oh yeah. Dragcast drag, drag, drag.
1: drag first.
3: I knew where Dre was going with that. <laughs> and for those listening, do, do the woo uh, podcast.com. Definitely go check check that out. That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. that's cool.
0: I, I don't know of any other podcast specifically dedicated to, to woo um, at all, are there? I think this might be. Yeah, you know,
2: I, I, I looked around and I just, you know, I've been working with it since it started and it just seemed like, okay, you know, because I was trying to find something different to do mm-hmm. and I, it was, you know, so I talked with, um actually talked with Patrick at, Woo for a while and a little bit before and got some feedback from him and stuff. But um, it was, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be a blast. It's I, I, I'm really looking forward to it and kind of a fun little name, too. So I think I'm going to make my
0: Woo Wednesdays. It's going to happen and kind of
2: focus everything on Woo and just Woo Woo, I guess. Woo so. <laughs> Wednesdays. I like it. That's awesome.
0: And your other training uh, that you were talking about earlier, that's happened over at BobWP.com, right? Right, right. Yep, yep.
2: And so that's kind of a little bit more focused on the online courses now and stuff in the blog. So just pushing out content there. And, um, and how, is, uh,
0: how is that going? Because I know the online WordPress online training, I feel like, has had its ups and downs over the year, but there is most certainly a market for it, no doubt about it. So, how is yeah. in your experience and with what you're offering? What are you seeing? Is it, is it going well? Is it pretty big demand for it?
2: Yeah, I think there is. And I think everybody's kind of finding their. Groove, so to say because it's you know the the one-on-one I think is the biggest challenge and like I said it, it's in, in reality you really can't train somebody one-on-one on WordPress you can help them you can kind of coach them at certain points but people come to me and said well I want to hire you one-on-one can you teach me WordPress I'm like oh my god you know okay. do you have like about 20 30 hours and you want to spend time with me one-on-one and pay me, you know, so I'm very unrealistic. So I think more people are looking at the, you know, um, and and the in-person workshops, they do work. I had some sponsored ones. I had a lot of great sponsors doing that, but you know, again, it was just, there were some challenges there. So, um, it's, it's, it's a very, I think there's a lot of potential there, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people jump into it thinking it's really easy and they find out that yeah it's just you know you don't suddenly be one person just start teaching kind of
0: got to have that well, little certainly. bit of you gotta, in your blood you got to have in your blood you got to have uh, one a good um ability to kind of work with people of all different skill sets right from someone that like maybe has no idea what you know i don't know uh, a browser is all the way up to someone that maybe knows too much and they're trying to kind of guide the the course so I've done some training in the past Um, I enjoy it you know I feel like I'm good at taking technical topics and and getting them uh, easier for for users to understand that maybe aren't as technical Uh, but you're right it does take a special someone and someone that has that unique ability um, to do so it's it's awesome seeing you do it I'm really excited that you you have the packages looks like you got some different uh, memberships people can sign up to to get access to all your courses Um, so I definitely recommend people go over to bobwp.com check it out Share it with your friends and family who, you know, need to learn WordPress, but maybe you don't want to be the one that shows them how. Send them over to Bob. <laughs> He'll set them straight for sure. Um, <laughs> um, but with that, let's keep it rolling because we got some topics to talk about in this week's Pressing Topics of the Week. Stand by. Pressing Topics of
3: the Week.
1: And you're on.
3: I want things to be easy in life. They aren't always easy. They aren't always what. They seem to be. And, you know, there's folks actually writing about WordPress in that same context saying it's not easy. Do you guys see this uh uh this latest um post by uh one of our favorite folks in the community, Matt Maderos for Matt Report? And by favorite, he means
0: arch nemesis. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, uh, we love you, Matt. Love even you. though we don't like your Patriots, it's cool though. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean this is a this is an interesting post, and honestly, this one really resonated with me. So, so Matt, base you know our, you know anyone in the WordPress space in the WordPress world, you know one of the biggest things we always talk about WordPress is easy, it's intuitive, like people get it. It's it's great, and that's why it powers twenty five percent of the internet. But when you really break it down it's not that easy you know and i've run into this problem i mean very recently where someone says oh you know once people find out you build websites you know when people ask me why i do i say i build websites i don't you know i don't get into specifics what do you do i build websites it's simple right quick they know what i do and almost every time i say that they immediately oh i need a website or oh i have a you know and then then they're looking for kind of advice and, and and start a discussion which is great um and I go down this path of, oh, yeah, you're doing this, this, you check out WordPress. And then as they keep talking and talking about what they're trying to do, and I'm just kind of thinking, okay, well, another plugin, another configuration, another feature, oh, you might have to customize, like, then I'm starting to think, you know what, like, I don't think sending this person down the WordPress path really is the right way to go. Like, and that's kind of Matt's point, like, it's not as easy as we make it out to be. And sometimes it's easier just to say, go check out Squarespace.
3: And I've done that, like, literally <laughs> last week, I said that, which it hurts to say, but... But I didn't really have a better answer, you know what I, I mean? Well, hey, and then they get to the dashboard. They've been through this this whole process of getting it installed. They've got hosting and everything set up, and all of a sudden, the first thing they see in their plugins menu is "Hello, Dolly." <laughs> what the hell do I do with this? Do I need this? <laughs> is my site gonna explode if I don't turn this on, right? You're right, and I think that that um, in general, I think we we're so we're so connected to WordPress and everything that it does that that um, it, yeah, sure, it seems easy. But for the person that's just starting out and wanting a website uh, to do XYZ, I mean, it does a lot of things, and it, and it can be very challenging and overwhelming uh, to, to to get acclimated to that. To get, to really jump off the deep end in there it takes is going to take some time. There is a learning curve. Well, Bob, then, who is? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I, th- I thought Bob was getting ready to say something, so I was going. Yeah,
0: be... to... No, oh, dive in. I mean, have you ran into this problem, Bob, especially with, with the training? Like, are people kind of coming into some of the, the workshops, um, the online training with this kind of perceived notion that WordPress is boom, 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 it's done, it does everything I need? And then they quickly realize, oh, it actually takes a little bit more work than I thought.
2: Yeah, it's it, exactly. I mean, there's nobody. And I think I was telling you earlier, even if I'm – I've a lot of times at the workshops I do, I'd have 30 to 40 people and we'd get talking a little bit. And then I always – one point I would say, how, how many – people here really felt it was fairly intuitive and easy to get started and there was never a show of hands (laughs) and I think what a lot of people they get that, just like you said we tend to use the word easy or you know, just throw it out there and sometimes people use it for a sales pitch, you know, it's easy build your site that's easy to manage whatever, but a lot of them came to me and whenever I got that sense of there was two types, one that were already thinking it's easy. And I would say, okay, let's talk about this. And the reason WordPress is WordPress is because you can do a heck of a lot with it. And because of that, it's not easy. I mean, realistically. So a lot of times those people that thought it was going to be easy would end up when I was doing a site, they'd end up saying, okay, maybe you should build it and then show me at least how to use it or, they would get somebody else too but uh, most of the times I had more people come that were just I mean I, I've actually had people almost in tears you know talking to me crying saying I was told it was gonna be easy I've been working on this thing for eight months and I just you know we don't we forget what it's like we don't have that empathy I always say that you know to kind of step back and realize what it was like at the beginning for us and And um, people just, you know, everybody's at a different level with tech, too. Mm -hmm. You know, some people can just catch on to that stuff. And my wife, I mean, she's been on WordPress for several years. She's part of the business, but still most of the stuff, she just says, you know, you do it. You do it. Can you fix this? She doesn't want to learn it. That's not even an interest to her. So she, yeah, it's it's not, it's, yeah. I, I love the article. In fact, I had to go in and
0: comment a second time today just because I got... A little more riled up again. So a double comment, you know, it's a good one when when they get someone goes back for seconds. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really interesting story. That I mean, literally, WordPress is bringing you know someone specifically that you spoke with to tears because of some of the challenges they had, um, and I think it's exactly to to, to Matt's point that um, you know WordPress does have a bit of a branding problem. You know, we always talk about it. It's easy. It's simple. But what, you know, at the end of the day, what is WordPress? And it, it can be different for everybody. It's really based on what you're looking for and what you're trying to do. But, you know, what I guess the question is, like, what can we do, especially as kind of, um, you know, quote-unquote experts in the space, or at least people that are, you know, very involved in the community. I use experts loosely when I talk about myself. Um, but, you know, people <laughs> in the community, like, what can we do to help help with this? Because you know, to us, you're right, Bob, WordPress is easy to us. However, when you really get into it and you're trying to explain to someone, oh, yeah, you can do e-commerce, just install WooCommerce. And then they're like, this, 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 you know what I mean? Like, well, what about this? What about this? Oh, what about, you know, it's like, oh, you know what? I could figure it out. Everybody on this podcast could figure it out, but how do I explain that to a user that is trying to launch a store on WordPress, you know, in the few minutes that I have to, to kind of sell them on WordPress? Yeah. what What is it that we can do to help with this? You guys have any ideas?
2: No more false expectations. Basically, that's it, I think. It's just not anybody to... I mean, first of all, we got to always step back when we're talking with anybody about what WordPress is. And I I tend to stay away totally from the easy thing and say that, yeah, WordPress does a lot. You can build an incredible site. If you want something really simple, you know, maybe sometimes they might even go to WordPress.com and just whip up something simple. But... What their What their point is everybody's expectations is at a different point you've got to figure out where that is, like you said, if somebody comes to you and they've been told it's easy, and what they're thinking in their brain is this e-commerce site with 500 products, and they're saying, "Wow, it's going to be easy," because somebody told me WordPress is easy." So they don't really logically break it down, so we have to yeah, we have to just be clear and honest with people.
3: Yeah, I think right. that's that's exactly it. Right, that level of transparency when you're you're engaging with someone to talk about that. What is the solution that you're looking for? Build that discovery. Build build expectations around what is your end goal. What is that mission? What is the overall success uh, of this site and to you, your business and your audience? We will help get you there, and we'll we will get you to a state where after you've acclimated and went through that learning curve of becoming uh, someone that can use WordPress and administer it it will become a, a, an easier thing for you to manage. But to come out of the box and say it's easy, um, well, yeah. easy to who? Okay. How are you gauging that, right? Like you, the audience is so spread uh, to both of your points. It's so broad that that audience of yeah. users there, that there's no it's not a one-size-fits-all. If you're selling it that way, um, you've, you've got a problem. You're going to have more issues down the road uh, than, than happy you know, uh, testimonials on your website. You need to really engage in a way – um, that, that you're setting expectations from the beginning. I think that's how you help help curb that issue.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody wants that. Like, it, the, what what is WordPress is easy? Well, a basic blog, yeah, that's easy. But nobody, like, nobody you talk to, always has these very limited, small requests. It's like. Yeah, I want a blog, but it also needs to integrate with, you know, I don't know, Pinterest. And then it needs to, you know, I want to pull in data from this this other website into my blog. It's like, okay, well that just got really complicated really quick. You know, like, yeah, the blog is easy. But nobody ever had I just want a basic blog. Like that's not something anyone ever walks up to me and says they want. Then they say, Oh, I want e commerce. Well, e well, commerce is great. And then I have to explain to them what uh you know you know, a, a certificate is for security. I have to explain to them what Stripe or Square or some kind of, you know, payment, uh, merchant authorization account is and and, and shipping and whatever, you know, so it, it gets very complicated, very quick. So I, yeah, I I think, I think that is right. It's kind of understanding people's goals, educating them more, um, making it clear. Yeah. WordPress is a great solution. However, the more complex your requests are, the more complex your idea or your goal is then no matter what you use, it's going to take more work. Right. Right.
2: Exactly. Um,
0: I couldn't tell you how many people I send to WordPress.com and say, you know what, you want to see what WordPress does? Go to WordPress.com. Like, just, I mean, yeah, it's not exactly like your self hosted install, obviously, but it gives them a sense of WordPress and it's easy enough to say, go there and sign up for a free account. It's simple, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it may not be exactly what they want, but at least it gets them a little taste of WordPress, you know? Yeah. So,
2: Get some thinking about it. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. we'll see. Uh, you know, another uh, one last little bit before we move on. You know, I, I do feel like WordPress is the core development of wordpress is is highly focused on this because especially with things around like you, you see the importance of the customizer in the last few years um and the and the uh the amount of work that's gone into that and really kind of making uh you know a ui where people can make changes and see them on the fly and save them and preview them and it's just very point and click forcing themes on .org to move their settings into the you know the customizer things like that i feel like they are trying to get to where it's a little bit easier to do some of these customizations people are looking for. But it's 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 an ongoing process. It's going to take a long time to get there. Yep. Really, really interesting topic. And I think five years from now, we could be talking about this exact same thing. I don't think it's one that's solved overnight or maybe even ever solved on any platform. Yeah. But one that should always be part of the conversation so we can always be making things better. Good job,
3: exactly. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hell with the Patriots too, buddy. throw that (laughs) right out the window (laughs) wordpress uh was here recently uh listed and topped uh alignables small business trust index um that's a that's a whole lot of words but um it's a small and medium business trust index survey that was conducted by Alignable in the fourth quarter of 2015. And WordPress ended up ranking as the most trusted of 25 nationally recognized brands used by small business owners. I would say that, you know, uh, that's pretty damn awesome. Um, it right. was originally reported by the San Francisco Business Times um, and was roundly disregarded in the WordPress community due to the misuse of the word company in the Times write-up. However, does that take away the validity of the actual survey and its results? I would argue not.
0: I trust WordPress as a company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we joke about that and I don't think we could we could really sound nerdier like laughing about WordPress as a company. Like well if you don't, you know, if you don't know WordPress or whatever it's kind of like the most nerdiest joke, but It is funny that they phrase it like that, yeah.
3: Yeah, for sure. I
0: I've never actually heard of this before until this was announced. The Small Business Trust Index. I don't know. Sounds like it's been around for a little while. Just not familiar with it, but I mean, it's really interesting in the sense of um, how they came. You know how WordPress came to the top. You know the other uh, you know brands that were, you know, WordPress was you know kind of up against. Um so I mean they basically surveyed six thousand small business owners across seven thousand communities. WordPress received a MPS score of seventy-three. Whatever that means, right? So it's at the top with seventy three. But then you got like other brands that we're very familiar with. Shopify is a twenty nine, GoDaddy's a twenty-six, Wix, I mean we talked about site builders, Wix is a minus seven, negative seven? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as Weebly at negative 13. Uh, I mean, you know, it, at web.com, it, it, rounded it out at negative 61. So Yeah,
3: like you just go jump off a cliff, dude. You're uh, done. Interesting. Yeah. I oh, would, and, uh, you
0: wonder, and you wonder if these
2: businesses, if a lot of these, it's basically not necessarily them using it or anything, but just a perception they have from hearing other people talk about it. Because <laughs> a lot of people aren't out there, you know, saying WordPress sucks, WordPress sucks. Right. It, there's a lot more positive spin on it. So there might be, you know, people are just hearing it more. So they, when they compare things, yeah, yeah, I've heard WordPress. I have a lot of friends that are on it or great colleagues or whatever. So, yeah, it, it, yeah it's, it, it would be interesting to see, you know, to understand really how these people perceive it, whether to actual experience or or just what they've heard or or heard from others
3: yeah i mean look i i don't know this organization offhand i don't know um you know how valid or how they what metrics they use or how they did the survey and such but still really interesting to see them up there with the likes of authorized.net net and, and Mailchimp, you know at the top of that's pretty pretty amazing and, uh, oh
0: yeah the number the number one loser we mentioned web.com there's actually two worse than web.com Uh, But the worst brand on this list was Yelp with a minus 66. (laughs) And right behind them was Groupon, second worst. Um, That doesn't surprise me. I mean, uh, Comcast beat those two. Like, Comcast (laughs) is ranked better brand-wise. They're like America's (laughs) most hated company. And they're ranked higher than Groupon and Yelp. And and that does not surprise me in the least. You know? Like, you, you hear bad things about Yelp all the time. Groupon, I think, had its heyday for a while. But it's certainly fallen off, like... It's a very interesting index, um, you know, but it's neat to see WordPress at the top. Kind of makes us feel good because we're in that space, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's um, all good. We won
3: this thing that we don't know or never heard of. <laughs> like, go, yeah. go S&B Trust Index Survey. You yeah. Rock, I think. But, Man, hey. We
0: to track this over the next few years, right,
3: and see. Now that we do know about it, let's see where we're at next year. Because <laughs> WordPress, 73, bitches. I mean, I I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to
3: <laughs> I'm going to run with that. Um, you know, I, the FBI needs to go running. Uh, this day and age, come in and asking uh, an actual corporate company to set precedence around how they're handling um, security uh, with one of their products with, with, you know, the recent incident here, what in the last five months in, um, in uh, San Bernardino, my neck of the woods where the terrorist attacks happen, they, they have uh, the FBI has in their hands uh, one of the terrorists iPhones and uh Well, you know, you see all the conspiracy theorists going crazy right now about all the cool, crazy things we do. But we can't, uh, as a federal government agency, hack into an iPhone and figure out uh, what's going on in there. So they've actually turned around the FBI's turned and and over to Apple and asked them uh, to insert some type of backdoor requiring decryption of this device so they can break into the iPhone and gather whatever information from the last time that there was an update into their um, iCloud account to to the date of the incident. Um, Apple's CEO, which now, you know, Tim Cook, um, has decided to say hell no. They, they were helping him out since January on the case, giving him alternatives without having to decrypt the phone. Uh, they've stood their ground and said that this isn't going to happen. And they're, they're now being backed by the likes of, of uh, Google. Uh, which is kind of interesting to see them uh, agree on anything. Um, and even Mark Zuckerberg from uh, Facebook. There are some opponents, uh, one you may know, who uh, used to be the leader of Microsoft, Um turning around and and uh, saying that they should disclose this stuff to the FBI. Bill Gates is noting this, which there's been a lot of banter online around, well, geez, it would be typical of Microsoft doing that. They don't really need to uh, hand over anything to the FBI because they've already got built-in security vulnerabilities to do so. Um, but at, at this point, uh, in terms of Apple and their stance with the FBI, what is your guys' take on this? I'm, I, I, I'm agreeing with Tim and... And it's a very, very slippery slope to come in and set precedence that it's okay to do this. Um, I certainly understand that there's value in, in figuring out what's on that phone, uh, but man, happens once, it's going to continue to happen. And then what happens internationally when these cases arise? Oh boy,
2: I'll let you go, Brad.
3: You're. <laughs> <laughs> uh-
0: 1st I'm kind of glad I own an iPhone because I feel I like knowing the fact that even the government can't hack into it right now, (laughs) which is great. Right. So that's number one. Um, I mean, this is like I think what's really catching me beyond just the whole encryption debate, which is going has been going on for a while now. This just really brought it back into the mainstream and back in the light. Um, because of just Apple literally saying no, you know, the the world's biggest company telling the U.S. government no um, has really kind of brought the conversation to light, which I think is great. Right, it's out there, everybody's talking about it. Um, I mean, I certainly stand with Apple. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I firmly believe that encryption's it couldn't be more important. I think a lot of the people that are arguing against it really don't even understand the implications of what they're what they're asking for. I don't think they really truly get the the what that means by, you know, the a precedent of forcing a company to do something like this. Beyond just the fact that they could get into the phones, but forcing a, a company to do something like this um, and to 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 put this, you know, to build and spend time building a back door that they could essentially get into whenever they want. Regardless of the fact they say, "Oh, it's just this one phone, don't worry about it. It's just this one phone." That's BS. It's not just the one phone. Once once it's there, guess what? Another request comes, and then another request, and another request. And next thing you know, it's just what we're used to and what we live with. So, I mean, I'm very passionate about the whole encryption debate, especially if you watch CNN anytime they talk about this, because they couldn't have more stupid people on there, like, actually talking about. Every once in a while, they'll have a security expert that actually knows what they're talking about. But generally, they have a lot of politicians, uh, presidential candidates, and they honestly have no idea what they're talking about. They just know. We want to stop terrorists. We need to be able to get into anything we want, which is an absolute invasion of privacy, in my opinion. I mean, I just, it's crazy. It's its really crazy. And there's so much information all going back and forth, whether the FBI did something that screwed it up by resetting iCloud passwords, whether, you know, it's just like all over the place. But at the heart of it, like, encryption is important, and encryption is, is an absolute necessity in everything that we do in this digital age. And I, I just don't, I can't fathom how people don't get that.
3: Uh, you know what? My favorite is John McAfee saying that he would uh, be able to do it for the FBI, but he'd be using mostly social engineering. And I'm going, how the hell do you social engineer a phone, dumbass? I mean, you used to lead a, a top virus company. Um, the corpse is already there, dude. He's dead. You're not going to socially social engineer the guy. So, um, to your point, like I don't know, I don't know who they're they're pulling into these these conversations that that. Uh, That are known experts or you know that's crazy man this is silly yeah yeah and i you know i kind of i I read that stuff and i
2: i I never get into a lot but i you know i tend to like you i'm i look at my apple the iphone say i'm glad i have one of these and and, you know it's funny because i was trying to think of one time i was trying to think of an analogy what would that be like if the fbi said hey you know we need to contact all these door and lock manufacturers to make shitty doors and locks yeah. for they can break down your door just to be able to get into your house if they need to really easily. And the, I mean, that was a really stupid analogy after I thought about it. But it it kind of, you know, it can be as simple as that or as complicated. So it's, um, yeah, it's, I I tend to think that, you know, it's, it's opening a can of worms.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's no... The idea that even getting into this phone is going to give them what they need. I mean, you get into the phone and find out they were using a messenger service that's 100 percent encrypted as well. Like, so now they're just at another stopping point. Like, I think one of the weirder things about this is is the fact that just reading this, the the letter Apple put out that the FBI is essentially uh, by bypassing Congress or since you're proposing an unprecedented use of the all writs act of 1789. Like really? Yeah. So we're actually got to pull something out from 1789 on why you should let us like hack into our (laughs) own iPhones. Like, I mean, like I get that, you know, laws and constitution and stuff been around forever, but I mean, it just seems like they're literally looking for a loophole to say, look, you know, this, this has to let us in. You have to let us in because of this. It's, it's just, it's just crazy. And I, I, I'm glad, I have a lot of respect for Apple pushing back like this publicly. I feel like this could have very easily stayed behind the scenes. And I think they realize the severity of, of this, what this, you know, could what precedent this could set and that it need to be a public discussion. So I am very uh, grateful for Apple to put this out in the public. So we are talking about The news is talking about it. You know, people are hearing about it. I'm hoping people are getting more educated about it, even though I, I doubt it. Um, but it's just—I really, really hope they don't actually win here, and Apple can hold their ground because it just sets an extremely dangerous precedent. We already have limited, if any, privacy as it is, um, and it's—I I just worry. You know, you, you know—it's—it's it's crazy. And I, the argument of, oh well, if you have nothing to hide, what are you worried about? My one of my favorite responses I've ever seen to that. And this is certainly not something I made up, but I don't even know who did. But it was like if it's it's like saying you you don't believe in free speech because you have nothing to say, and I think that really strikes to the heart of the, the matter, right? It's not about whether you have stuff to hide, right? It's not about that at all. So it'll be really interesting to see how this shakes out. But right now, it is um, it's concerning because they're pushing hard against Apple, and and even more so since they push back. So I really don't know how this is going to end up.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I sure hope they're able to stand their ground. It's just, uh, I mean, then you got, I mean, some of these candidates really pushing hard uh, on Apple and you know telling to boycott stuff, so, like people to boycott. <laughs> like, are you like are you serious right now? Boycott? Are you, you know, how do you even <laughs> boycott? Like,
0: stop using the phone you already paid Apple for. Like, you yeah, already gave sure. them money. Like, stopping to use the phone isn't boycotting <laughs> Apple. It's boycotting like your, you know, your your uh, your cell phone service. Yeah, like, right. I don't know. It's it's and I actually saw today there there were protests or I don't know if that actually resonated, but they were supposed to be protests at Apple stores. Like, they were going to protest Apple stores. Like, this is the company that people lined up, still do. They line up for their product releases, and now we're going to protest their stores? It's, it's, it's crazy. If anyone, though, I'm glad they went up against the biggest company, like one of the most loved companies in America, because <laughs> the biggest company in the world, the biggest company in the history of the world, because this is a company that can actually take this fight all the way, no doubt. You know, mm-hmm. so... Man. They got
3: a little, little bit of cash in their pocket. Huh? <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, like we good. Like, oh, what's your deficit, USA? Suck us. Like, yeah. Yeah, like our bank account's bigger than that. Oh. Now uh, so another interesting topic that's going on right now and some lawsuits and crazy, crazy legal stuff is with American Airlines who's suing their Wi-Fi provider, uh, GoGo, saying that the in-flight Wi-Fi provider must either improve its internet speeds or and its contract with the airline. Now, they've been around a couple, couple years now when this all kicked off with, hey, Wi-Fi is coming. Uh, GoGo was in early. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for all of us, uh, who, especially on, the, on this uh, podcast today that travel a lot, um, have probably used this more than once. I have an account with GoGo myself. I've used them uh, across not just um, American but other airlines as well. And quite frankly, for the most part, they suck, uh, at least in my <laughs> experience, uh, keeping it real. Uh, it's it's hard to you know, especially when they've they've boosted prices like every damn time I get on a flight it seems and the the service doesn't improve uh, much it's in and out I can see where American Airlines is coming from in fact I mean to be fair I fly mostly American Airlines so that's probably why I'm I'm uh, part of that whole bunch seeing the issue. Do you guys see any improvement coming out of this? Is this something American Airlines maybe not only just because they're trying to recoup some of the issues that they're having with their customer experience, but ends up being something that betters Wi-Fi in the air all around?
2: Yeah, I am. I, I haven't used it. I, I don't fly quite as much, but I've used it when I have. And it's, yeah, it's been off and on. It's nothing to, you know, write home about. Um I just I just find it interesting that now that the lawsuit's coming up that gogo says, oh we have this other technology that we oh, happen to have oh yeah by the way it's, <laughs> we, it's in the other room let's go talk to them about this so we we're just about to tell just, you about it <laughs> so maybe you know maybe in a sense it's good in the way that they're and a, a lot of companies seem to do this you know it's like when the, when the push comes shove it's like, oh by the way, you know we do have this other thing now, whether what that will entail on our consumer end, as far as cost or what they will negotiate or whatever, you know, it's, it's hard to say.
0: Yeah, I don't, I, I've, I fly American too, Dre. I, I was US Air that the hubs in Philly, but now it's American. So, I mean, I'm flying all American and prior to that it was US Air. They had go, go too. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point about prices, absolutely. Like used to, it was like, I think it was always like 12 bucks a flight or 12 bucks a day or something like that. And now it's like, it seems to be completely based off when you fly, like time of day, where you're going, distance cuz I've gotten on flights where it was like it was like $35 for like a flight, you know? And I'm Dude, just yeah, thinking sure. like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, man, like I really would love to get work done. and yeah, maybe it's justified, maybe it's not, but man, 35 bucks for like a couple hours of internet? Like, man, that's a <laughs> tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and not, like, shit. good internet. Yeah, not good. Yeah. It's like yeah. you, know, you, you could probably respond to some emails and maybe do a little bit of, like, chatting, on the, you know, on HipChat or, or Skype or something, maybe, and that's about it. Like, you're not getting anything, you know, oh, heavy man. done. So, I mean. Yeah.
3: Skype, hell no. That's the nice thing, got it, yeah, issues.
0: It, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is only got to be good for consumers, I think, at the end of the day. It is a very shitty move that GoGo did. Oh, we got this other thing. We're just rolling it out. Don't worry. It's all good. But the nice thing is there is competition now. There is a mm-hmm. uh, – they mentioned other service provider via SAT. I'm not familiar with them, but um right. ultimately competition is good for consumers. So if there is someone else out there offering higher speeds, lower prices, you know, the airlines are gonna be looking at them. I mean it's it's twenty sixteen. I actually think it's kind of ridiculous all flights don't have Wi Fi in, in some fashion. Um, you know, because it, it is twenty sixteen and basically like I really don't care if you have direct T V But it would be pretty cool if I could stream video on on flights because they block video right now, right? So you can't do, like, Netflix or YouTube or – but, man, if you could – forget DirecTV, forget whatever movies and stuff. If you could just get decent, you know, broadband on the flight, then I could stream Netflix. I could stream Sling. I could stream whatever. You know, everybody's watching stuff online these days. We don't need the TV. I'd rather have the internet, so –
3: yep mm-hmm. i think this yep. will
0: be good for consumers um it sucks that they had to go in a kind of lawsuit route for that to happen but um <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day mm-hmm. if, we, if we get either faster and or cheaper internet while we fly i mean it, you got to admit guys even though we've been doing this for a few years like it is still pretty cool when you're like thirty thousand feet in the sky and you're sending out tweets or you know responding yeah. to emails and stuff <laughs> it, it, it's still a pretty yeah, good feeling it is. <laughs>
3: I, I I like setting tweets at thirty thousand feet. That's pretty awesome. It is yeah. awesome,
0: and you always gotta tag it like thirty thousand feet. Or there's like another uh, hashtag I think people use when they're when they're sky tweeting. Got to yeah. tell people you're in the air, right?
3: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, if you're looking, if you're looking, hey, look to move into a more uh, dedicated hosting environment for WordPress, something that's managed by the folks that kind of just created the space. A few years back, for for the whole managed WordPress hosting um, situation, you've got a lot of different options, but not uh, no other than Pagely, who is the most scalable WordPress hosting platform in the world today. And in fact, they've uh, they've really worked on their their uh, um, admin panel and adding some security features, two factor authentication, something that they've added has an extra security layer uh, for all of the customer accounts. So that should give you peace of mind of all of that data and information that you have stored there. One of the other things that they've done recently is they've added PressDNS, which is a service that helps automatically route your users' requests to one of the Pagely cache nodes nearest to them. So it makes response times faster, uh, and that's something to really consider when you're trying to scale scale uh, a website Especially with WordPress, man. It's it's kind of cool that they're, they're really, really thinking this through. Rapid Deploy VPSs. So if you're looking for virtual private servers, uh, you can do that now on Pagely. In any one of their nine regions, you can instantly set up a server, deploy it. Again, response times and those capabilities at your fingertips. And they'll help you along the way. So if you're interested and uh in moving towards a really scalable WordPress hosting platform uh Pageleys the folks you need to chat with and you can hit them up at pageley.com i'm sure they'd love to hear from you and they'll they'll work with you every step of the way now we're going to step into another oldie but goodie Brad his Prime let's yeah, walk buddy. Some, let's do some bar tricks
1: bar tricks let me show you a bar trick
3: Dad. Oh man, I, I that's you know what now I just want to do it because that's like the best clip ever. That's uh, an old goodie, man. <laughs> oh, that was Dre back in the heyday. I got a movie
1: for
0: it.
3: That was me before jujitsu. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I crazy. I woke
0: up in the hospital the next morning, I'm pretty sure after that. Yeah, I was like, this has got to
3: stop. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it's a segment, Bob. You've been on the show before that we do and just give a tip around. Anything that you really like. It could, be, it could be something personal, something cool that you're doing. It could be a plug-in. It could be anything related to anything, but we want to give and share with our, our audience. So why don't you fire away? Okay. So um got all those freaking WordPress stickers, Uh-oh. too many
2: of them. And I, what I did is I decided one day to make a collage. So I actually contacted a bunch of people on Twitter said hey send me your stickers and stuff and i got all way more than i needed but i have created this wordpress sticker collage and it's kind of cool for the office i i think if you actually google wordpress sticker collage one of my facebook posts or something like that might come up because i don't think it's like everybody's doing it or something but um it was it was fun and hey it's a great way to you know some of the stickers are kind of huge these days so you Yeah, and some get really small and they kind of get hidden, but it was it was just it's a fun thing to do. Something a little bit of little bit of different artwork, and when I put it out, people loved it. Everybody was like, "Oh, I got to do this. Oh, now I know what to do with them." So, so anyway, WordPress sticker collage, fun stuff. That's yeah, (laughs) Yeah, That's that's awesome idea.
0: I mean, you see that like well, I guess probably used to more a few years ago, but like on laptops, people would kind of just you know, smash stickers over their laptop, which I could never do. I just like a clean-looking laptop, but uh, it is kind of neat. Like, I feel like my wild side maybe would do it, but um, seeing it on a wall, like you have it nice framed up, you know, it looks like it's on your wall. I mean, that
3: is a really, really neat idea. I, um yeah, I've destroyed a couple laptops in my life with about ten pounds of vinyl. Um <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I'm like, geez, this is this I mean, I don't even know where the laptop starts in the first layer of stickers. Would be my wife said that. I could own my wife said I could only do it if I got a case,
2: so I got a case for mine. so that <laughs> often if yes. i need to that's
3: right <laughs> my current ones that same thing i got a black case for it and i've got some decals on that but there's you know the the laptop's nice and clean it's but probably do you have- to do,
0: almost I- do this like if you go to a lot of word camps and events like do one per year um you know mark the year on it and just put all the stickers you collect in the year and then kind of see how they evolve over time because um, I think you mentioned yeah. uh, pre-show, we were talking about kind of WordCamp stickers and how they've really evolved. So they're kind of getting a little bit bigger now, and they were smaller and a little more basic. Now they're a little more complex. Like, it'd be kind of neat to see. And, and there's a lot of company stickers, like how they evolve over time. I mean, you got to see that anyways, but um, maybe a neat twist on that, too. Just do one a year because we all – if you go to any amount of WordCamps, you have – you have that sticker pile or that sticker box. You like You have it. You know you do in your house somewhere. There is a pile of stickers. <laughs> really? I have a sticker box in the corner that has just a – like I don't want to throw them away, but it's just a ridiculous amount of stickers. I, I have a drawer full, man. It's crazy. It's like your junk drawer, your, your, Word, your yep. WordPress sticker drawer. Well,
3: <laughs> It's not just that. I've got my like WordPress uh, pencils. I've got pins. I've got the buttons. I've got all uh, sorts of WordPress stuff. How in many it.
0: times have you been stabbed by a button reaching in there to get something? Like I couldn't tell you how many pricks I have on my fingers from WordPress <laughs> buttons.
3: That hurt. Damn it! I did it again.
0: (laughs) Shelly's like, "Way to go, stupid!" Stupid. (laughs) All right, I'll go next. I got a really one I'm really excited about. So this is my my nemesis track ticket is done. It's over. The fight (laughs) is over. It's in core. So if you're not familiar, and a lot of people probably are that listen to the show because I've been this has been going on for about six years. Uh, Six years ago, I decided to at WordCamp San Francisco. Decided to jump into this track ticket that I thought was a big problem with WordPress. And the problem is that many of you are probably familiar with, say you have an about page, you trash it and then you create another about page and it has that hyphen two on it. Bob, I bet this has come up in your training Mm, before and people are very confused on why there's a dash two and you go to delete the dash two and it comes right back or you delete it and make another page. And then it's dash three. And you're just like, what the hell is going on? And the problem is that the, the items in the trash are conflicting with the new items you created. So even though they're trash, that slug is still preserved. Um, and that is why WordPress is smart and makes sure there's not a collision and adds a dash to, but it's very, very confusing. So six years ago, this ticket was opened. I dove in, and I made a patch, um, and since then, uh, just about every WordCamp I go to, I dig up this track ticket and work on it. And I've submitted, I don't know, 15, 20 patches maybe over the course of six years. This is a really hard one because just trying to get anyone to, to – um, To agree on the proper way to do this was actually the challenge. It wasn't so much the implementation, but getting the core developers to agree on the proper way to implement this. So uh, big props to Eric Andrew Lewis. He jumped in. We talked about it at Philly. We're working on it. But he jumped in and really helped push it home and and see it through. Um, So now when a post is trashed, that trash post, uh, the slug gets renamed to hyphen trashed. Um, so that way anything not trash takes precedence. So if you make a second about Mm. page, it will be slash about and the one in trash will be about dash trashed. Now, when you restore the post, it will try, it stores its original slug as meta. So it will try to take that back. So if you didn't have an about post, it would go back to just slash about. But if you did, then the trash one would get the hyphen too. So it's a very good, uh, solution, um, that was agreed upon and Eric helped push that through. So, Six years later, it's been merged into core. This is one of those really annoying things that most people have run into, and there has never been a fix. So uh, in 3.5, we will have our fix for slug collisions. I I love it. I love it. I'm just (laughs) excited to see this closed out. (laughs) Like, it's just... I'm happy. It's done. Now I can move on to my next nemesis for six I mean, This
2: is worth a post. I've got to write a post on
0: this. There you go. That's, it's <laughs> it's got to be one of those ones that li- it probably won't even show up in like the release notes. If it does, it'll be a very small bullet point. But it's one that I really feel like is going to affect a lot of users and help them out. So I'm glad it yeah, finally got well, I'm Yeah,
2: I'm definitely going to write a post on that.
0: There you go. Feel free to to <laughs> you have to put all the details of the history but you can do it. <laughs> Yeah, most after people are after 6 years 6 years <laughs> of fighting back and forth and just read the conversation cuz it is a lot of oh, here here's a patch this works and then well, should we do it that way or should we do it this way and then it turns back and then I would all right, I'm out. And then I'd come back like a year later. Okay, I'll give it another shot. <laughs>
3: Six years in the making, people usually lose their hair. Brad actually grew some. That is just (laughs) amazing. It was such a challenge I grew hair. It's crazy. Well, one of the things you can use next time you uh, go to put in a ticket is figure out a way to list all the tasks that need to go into making that ticket successful. And one of the things that I'm recommending in this week's bar trick is something that actually Brad and I were talking about uh, probably a couple months ago. I was looking for a new way to, to maybe manage all of the tasks that I have in a day uh, and be able to share those out with um, maybe Brad or other folks on the team or my, my, my wife or anybody else. And he introduced me to Wonderlist. Uh, if you go to wonderlist.com, it's W-U-N-D-E-R, list.com. Holy cow, this thing is badass. So now I have it across, uh, and it syncs almost seamlessly. I can jump from my my uh, my desktop um, uh, Mac over to one of my uh, iPads. I can jump onto my MacBook Pro right onto my phone, and all of my lists are are ready to go and, and synced up. I can then easily go and share those lists um, and assign tasks to specific people, so it makes it really easy to collaborate. You can leave comments on them uh, and talk through some of, some of the tasks that are going on. But you could star them and assign them to folks. Uh, it just it, it makes it really easy to get stuff accomplished and have it really organized in a way that uh, that's meaningful um, and easy to kind of get through. And I've had, you know, I've used Evernote and I still use Evernote a lot for a lot of the notes and the things that I'm doing. But I've used it for tasks in the past, just personal tasks. Let me tell you, it's, it's a bit cumbersome. Um, it's it's not what it's meant for. And, and I don't think they're going to build in that type of capability where it just makes it easy to use. And that's just one of my favorite programs for um, anything from doing job interviews to talking uh, about things that, uh, that are happening in a meeting with let's say Brad and I or what have you really cool. But, Wonderlist in terms of being able to put tasks together in a way that, uh, again, you can assign due dates, you can write notes around, you can get notifications when they're coming up or when they're completed, sharing lists with folks, commenting again, commenting around these things, setting reminders on what things need to be done. It just, it just, uh, fits the bill for me. They have a free version and then you can get into the pro and business version, which allows you to share with more people and do things like that. But check it out. If you get a chance, if you're looking for a good task, uh, management tool, um, Wonderlist is is definitely my recommendation. So, love, so thanks like
0: for a, that. Yeah, I love how clean it is. There's a lot of task list apps out there and they were just like over the top. I mean, remember the milk was like used to be so popular mm. a long time ago and it's the amount of features on that thing now like I just wanted a clean simple task list for for my wife and I. Yep. Um Wonderlist definitely fits it. In. in fact, I just recently set up if you have an Amazon Echo um, I set up an Ift recipe that allows you to, when you add stuff to your shopping list on your Amazon Echo, it will add it to Wonderlist automatically. So now I can just speak my tasks, and they automatically show up in my Wonderlist, which is pretty cool.
3: Well, we need to talk about that, buddy, because I have an Echo as well, so that needs to happen. Yeah, I'll show you exactly how to set it up. It's pretty. I look, we just, you just, hey, another blog post, man. Bam ift love it <laughs> done done so appreciate that buddy that's uh that's a really cool piece of software and very helpful
0: that ding uh you heard earlier was i pulled up the site and, re- and it like automatically logged me in i was like oh i forgot to cross off this thing i did so i clicked right. it it was like ding <laughs> oh,
3: <oops. laughs> hey well hey help me help you my friend uh bob i you know what where can folks find you what's the best place for us to go send folks and go look you need to go talk to bob this is where he's hanging out
2: um twitter i'm All always right. on twitter at Bob
3: WP, you know, at, you can go to go to my site, but Twitter at Bob WP is where I hang a lot. Guys, we've had some uh, great experiences and great chats with Bob's uh, Bob over the years, especially sitting in a GoDaddy sponsored bus at WordCamp Camp uh, US. That was just insane. Hopefully, we can find some of the video footage of the awesome. Awesome discussions that we had there was really neat uh, to get uh, together with Bob and a couple other folks at the event to chat about different things, WordPress and so on. It was really cool. So hopefully we can catch up there. And I can't wait uh, to catch up with you again. This has been an amazing episode and certainly appreciate uh, you coming on board uh lastly again i want to plug uh do the woo if you get a chance to head over to do the woo podcast.com that's kicking off i think uh bob said here this week but you can sign up there's a newsletter set up there to get uh, uh launch information for for the the new podcast you got to go check it out uh, bob you're amazing and it's really a pleasure to have you on board yeah
2: oh always love it love it um anytime
3: Come back again. We shouldn't wait a <laughs> year will. and a half. So. <laughs> yeah. Definitely shouldn't wait a year and a half. Brad, uh, man, thanks again, dude. This is uh, was a great episode. Hey, buddy. Where, where can folks find you? You can stalk me on Twitter, WilliamsBA. <laughs> and I'm Atre made on Twitter. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the DragCast.
1: I'm out. Thanks for listening. If you have content for the show, want to submit to be a guest host, or just want to listen to previous shows, visit Dradcast.com. While you're there, make sure you click the iTunes subscribe link to catch us on iTunes. Don't forget to follow at dradcast on Twitter. Join Brad and Dre for a new guest host next time on another episode of The Dradcast.